0: Welcome to the Waste Not Want Not podcast. I'm Philippa Ross, human ecologist, enthusiologist, author, and energy healer, bringing you inspirational interviews, news, and tips to rebuild our relationship with nature, revitalizing our natural resources by minimizing waste and maximizing human potential. I trust you'll discover seeds of hope for a vibrant future that you can then cultivate and transform to suit your own lifestyle so we can then collectively create a world where reverence for the diversity of all life is honoured. If you know someone who will make a great guest or want me to cover a specific topic, then feel free to email me on info at You'll find all the show notes in the description and lots more about me and my work at philiparos.com. Hello Wastebusters, welcome to episode 9. Today's episode highlights the importance of looking at the big picture and being conscientious about what we think we need and use in our everyday lives. The impact of waste particles on the environment and our own health goes way beyond what we see with the naked eye, affecting our organs and cells. For example, nanoparticles are being found in both north and south polar regions. In Greenland, half the nanoparticles were polyethylene, used in single-use plastic bags and packaging. A quarter were tyre particles, and a fifth were polyethylene terephthalate, which is used in drink bottles and clothing. In Antarctica, half were polypropylene. So, my lovely listeners, I implore you to double your efforts to use your own containers, cups and water flasks to reduce nanoplastics. And also think about changing your clothes washing habits. Try something like the laundry egg that has no chemicals. It's kind to your skin, your clothes and the environment. I bought mine six months ago and absolutely love it. I also use what's known as a Coro Ball, which I throw in the machine and it catches all the loose fibres and stops them from getting into our waterways. Dry your clothes on the washing line to reduce the amount of carbon dioxide. There's a mind-blowing fact, based on the use of a tumble dryer being used 20 times a month, it actually produces more than a tree in the UK can absorb over the course of the first 50 years of its life. Now that's something to think about. One man who is creating a positive impact on people's health and the environment is Everett Norris of Everhomes. I recently attended a seven-day tiny house workshop he held in Raglan, to discover the how-tos for myself. The experience was priceless, the lessons invaluable, the ethos bl- ban bloody tastic the details of which will be revealed in my interview, which I hope will encourage you to dig deeper before you build your own home. So without further ado, let's join Everett. Welcome to the show, Everett. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I've been enthusing for the last, I can't believe it's three weeks ago. I think that I got back home after this, um, the workshop in Raglan and the setting, well, the people, the workshop, the food, the ambiance it was just amazing. So um, thank you so much for for that.
1: No, thank you. I'm glad you had a wonderful time. It was absolutely wonderful. It's my favorite time of the year.
0: That was your fourth workshop, wasn't
1: it? Hang on, it's a little <laughs> complicated. Let's see. I was a builder for the first two. I ran the first, and then I ran one with help, and then this was the, uh, this is my fourth one that I've ran.
0: Wow! And so wow. the
1: sixth one I've been at. Yeah.
0: Wow. What was it that piqued your interest in tiny homes to begin with, then?
1: I, I wanted to own my own house. Right. It was just one of the 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 quickest, fastest ways I could do it um i could just build my own house yeah started when i was 21 and right. finished by the time i was 22. <laughs>
0: the cost element particularly nowadays i mean it's um it's just gone completely out of proportion um and you know i'm 60 and i had a divorce and the settlement was just about enough to bring up two teenage children and then i got absolute shit show of ever owning a house, you know, going down the so-called normal path sort of thing. And um mm. and but I think there's a lot more to tiny home living than that. Um right at the beginning of your workshop you had a philosophy about tiny home living. <laughs> Can you share that?
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um I like to start the workshop with with why. So yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, because the rest of the workshop is how, right? I, yeah. I talk about how you can build your tiny house and what you need to know, but just right at the beginning, I just talk about why. So, like, why a tiny house, or why should you care? And <clears throat> it kind of goes back. So, <clears throat> we'll get back to it later. I know you're going to ask me about my favorite books. Some of my favorite books are actually about um, happiness and and you know how to how to be happy, how to be fulfilled, and yeah it's this, there's this thing of things don't make you happy. They help you they're, they're a tool that can help you towards yep. things that make you happy, yep. but you, you almost need to think of things as like, there's things that add to your happiness and there's things. And, you know, most of your happiness comes from Within. only a handful of things. Yep. Right. And yep. so, you know, at least like 80% of your happiness will come from, you know, people, health, meaning, you know, um, just feeling like you're part of the world, feeling loved, feeling supported, you being nice to others, being healthy, being fit, yep. and an internal monologue that, that's in your head of you know, your self-esteem. And so when you talk about stuff, if it's not adding to something that directly adds to your how to, to something that adds to your happiness, yep. often it's actually a negative. So we talk about, um, I used to build big fancy houses, right? Yeah. Um, like high-end, you know, $5 million houses, often a lot of the, the, the things they would do would actually be negative for them. So we talked about, um, one house we did was about 1,100 square meters. Wow. And, you know, it was cool in the sense that um, they had this, you know, huge status symbol, but they didn't really add to their happiness because they, you know, they, yeah, they showed a whole bunch of people when they first built it. But then after that, it's sort of the day-to-day grind. And the house was massive, with huge energy bills. So it had pretty much the minimum amount of insulation. It was just massive, and so the the ongoing costs and the maintenance costs and the um, energy costs were massive. And so you actually look at your matrix of what makes you happy. You had more status, but it actually lost in freedom. It lost in 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 people. Like it it wasn't. They had less time. So you you have to ask the question of you know what is it for um I, I i somewhat believe the house was actually built more for the one for having outside picnics out on the deck yeah um which is like having barbecues which mm-hmm. was great and it happened like three or four times a year but it just it didn't mathematically work out so yep. they had a whole guest house and but it it almost never got used and so you could say, you know, actually, if you're really maximizing for the happiness for, for the amount of money you have, there's many better ways to get there. Um, mainly investing in people and relationships would yeah. be a lot more effective. And so, <clears throat> when I asked, you know, why tiny houses people, you know, why uh, would I advocate tiny houses? It doesn't have to be tiny houses. It's just you want to think about your life and what actually adds to your happiness yeah. and do that not not what other people tell you you should do not what marketing tells you or the tv tells you to do because that would just get you to buy things but you actually need to think what does make you happy yeah and do that you know so so i was i i believed in tiny houses because it was you know like one of the fastest routes to what i wanted because what i actually cared about wasn't the house it was my life outside of the house you know being 22 debt-free um With a house meant i had time meant i had opportunities which other people didn't well it really fits
0: with the whole philosophy of the podcast which is about um not wasting our natural resources human potential and the environment Mm. so it really brings it together for me in as much as you have to look at what is important to you and how you use those resources. That was the springboard for me. Never mind, as you say, the rest mm. of it was a lot of um, the hows, but there was also, you know, in t- taking that conversation further, one of the big things that you um, put across was the um, triangle of yeah. time, cost, and quality. And that yeah. fits in beautifully, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right. So um, to explain again, imagine, yeah, you imagine a triangle. One, one is time, another one's cost, and the other one's quality. Everything you do, and, and I talk about it in a building context, but you could pull it to anything. It's, yeah. it's a compromise. And just realizing what you're doing is a compromise. And so you're, you could pick two, or you could put yourself anywhere on that triangle, but you yeah. can't have all three. Yeah. And so you decide what you're going to be and then do it. But you, it's okay that you can't be everything because you can't. And so you, you just try to get the best compromise you can. Um, but it's also realizing the consequences so that there is no right decision. Every decision has upsides and downsides, and you just have to be prepared to have those downsides and that's what you, you take. And I I just think that's a good way to do buildings, but you, I would just say you could apply it to life as well. Absolutely. And I, I
0: totally agree and again that was something that really resonated for me was that the whole workshop was grounded in it didn't matter actually that you didn't want a tiny house because the the tiny house that we actually built was really tiny Um, but Matt's decision in that was so important wasn't it because to him Hmm. the important thing was to be able to feel confident in moving it around he didn't yeah. he wasn't so concerned about the the inside of it it just it had to serve an efficient effective um, mm. way of living but mm. he compromised on other things in its like extra space kind of thing and it's like it just goes to show how no two things fit the same person and if you adopt and take that into life it's it's absolutely fascinating and it didn't take away from the fact that it was still you still had to go through the same process to actually build something mm. whether it's the size of a postage stamp so let's qualify yeah. first what what actually defines um a tiny home what kind of oh. space is
1: it? i mean it's quite broad it's pretty much any any home that's that's smaller than 45 square meters right. so it doesn't it, it doesn't need to be on wheels it doesn't need to be anything um, yeah yeah so it the, the term is quite broad in, in new zealand here when you say tiny home most people think of on wheels but it doesn't have to be i think of it more like a whole ethos that goes with it like right. i don't know um if you have the pleasure of meeting other people in tiny houses um you have so much in common without even realizing like you've never met each other but you you've gone on your whole separate path of life but when you meet each other you're like like oh you're you're interested in this and too and, and like i think a common thing is what i talked about the what actually makes you happy and you're more doing that rather than yeah. <laughs> than listening to what society tells you to do
0: it is definitely it's a decision on lifestyle, isn't it, and what's important to you.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. we, I mean, there's um. You started off in a tiny home on your own, and you've since got married, haven't you?
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: there's changes, and who knows? There could be pattern of little feet um sometime down the yeah. road, or but it, and it's going to have to change again. But it's that flexibility.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it was um. It actually worked really well, Elizabeth and I in the tiny house together, but um we'll probably be going for kids soon, so we'll see what happens then. I was thinking, you know one tiny house per child it was... <laughs>
0: you have it build your own yeah like little corridor sort of thing I, I just have to point out to the people that actually um because this is just audio it's um it made me laugh to begin with because you must be at least six foot two'm
1: um, i over six four
0: over six foot, yes, yeah. so yeah. how is that for someone? because I'm vertically impaired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so how is it for someone who's taller? Oh, fine. Yeah, it
1: Absolutely doesn't make fine. any
0: difference.
1: I made my height beneath my loft higher. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, but it's fine. I mean, I've got my benches slightly higher, like this, there's this, this, some things changed. Let's say you had a dog, right? And yeah. Dog, you had a dog in your tiny house. What's actually more important than what size of dog it is 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 its personality so you can imagine a great Dane would actually sort of be fine just you know lying around um where like a little jack russell might yep. want to you know more space to to run and yep. so but that that's more to do with the personality than it is to do with the size <laughs> So I, I, <laughs> but it, and something i would i would just like to, to push back there in a sense that um i don't know you spend a lot more time outside <laughs> yep. Yeah, like it's your, you're not confined into the tiny house. You're, Mm -hmm. you also have outside the house. It goes back
0: to the big house that you were talking about, you know, because a lot of the activity in the house was the outside parties. So why did they need to build such an ostentatious house to begin with?
1: Well, I mean, there's something to go with that, right? So I actually think that's probably quite a good use. So you think of having friends over. Yeah. Um, I actually think that would add to your happiness because it, it goes back to your your list of things that truly add to your happiness. And so I, I could argue that could be quite beneficial to your happiness, but I guess you could think about it in terms of why, you know, what is it you want to accomplish? You want friends to come over? You know, I I'll say this. So like having a deck and a barbecue would probably could, you could make an argument why it would be better for your happiness. But having you know, there's very little difference between a 20 square meter deck and a 100 square meter deck in terms of its effect on your happiness. And so, yeah. I, I just feel like there's diminishing returns where your your effort and time is better spent into other areas. So you could you think of it: of what do you want to accomplish, and you can do that. But then maybe your time and effort is better spent on some other facet of your life. That would make more of an effect.
0: Again, I think this it's depends on the trend where what stage and things you are in life because I know myself I moved from a three bedroom, I just rent, I moved yeah. from three bedroom house because it was being sold into a small cabin. And mm-hmm. I got a sofa bed um, so that mm-hmm. I could have people over. Um, yeah. But the only downside has been for me is that I don't, I do have a deck, but my grandchildren, uh, my youngest is 16 months so, and there's nothing ah. around the deck. But I mean, I know it's only short term because I was talking to my daughter yesterday and you know, there will come a time at the moment he's turbocharged and there's got no concept of um, what the edge mm. per se, but it, it's a very short term thing. and. for the time being we can meet in other places where I tend to go up to her sort of well
1: but I think I think you shouldn't underestimate that so this is a fascinating thing so as as you may know my partner is an architectural designer yeah and so we talk about architecture quite a bit but the fascinating thing with architecture is it's small frictions mount up most of the effect on your happiness so you talk about that small friction right that actually is quite if you're talking about your house has very little effect on your happiness, but it has yeah. some effect. Yeah. But the, uh, the biggest effect on it is the small frictions it has in your life yeah. about what you want to do, the things that add to your happiness, and it impeding your ability to do the things you want to do. And so something like that, like worrying about the, the kid falling off, is as significant as anything gets with a house. Yeah. Um, yeah. The house is, means much less than you think it does, but small frictions mean more than you think it does. Yeah. Because that that's all it is. That's all the house is, is is the the small ease of frictions towards the things that make you happy. And, and again, so I don't you know. Just, I, I just think it's important what you said. I actually think important. you should think about that.
0: Absolutely. So it goes back so it if, if the idea of designing something to suit your own style Mm. going right back to the beginning of the conversation is if i had designed this for me then i would Mm. have put something round or something temporary round but it's it's, i'm actually renting it so you you create solutions to what's important to you
1: i'm just going to put it out there like if i was a landlord i wouldn't mind if someone put up a fence around the day just saying (laughs) I know it in terms of the effect small frictions have. So let's say you were going to the gym. Um, On average, someone who's going to the gym, if the gym was 14 kilometers instead of seven kilometers away, they on average go a quarter as much. And so that just talks a bit about that, those small frictions, how much they matter. And Mm so you almost, if you're designing a house for yourself, you need to think about all the small frictions and just prioritize what makes you happy. Yep. and then almost remove all the frictions from stopping you from being able to do that yeah absolutely um, it, yeah it's that's what matters not not everyone else or what everyone else is doing or what the houses are being built are. Um,
0: absolutely and again it, this goes back to one of the things you were talking about on the course it's like minimalism versus maximization and yes. so you're minimizing the stresses on that are going to stop you doing something so you can maximise your personal fulfilment, really, aren't you?
1: Yeah, so um, the, the big argument. So there's minim- minimalism and maximism. So maximism believes that anything good you should add to your life. So you like this, you like that painting, you like having multiple of this, whatever. You just, anything good add to your life. Well, minimalism is believing that you should remove anything from your life that isn't great. And so at the end of the day, which one performs better? And actually, minimalism performs better. And the reason is that with maximism, you just water down everything to whatever the average of what you're adding to your life is. right? So if you add in lots of things that are good, then the average would be good. right? There'd yeah. be some bad, stuff, some great stuff, but most of it would be good. Um, But you can only interact you know you have only some you know you've still only got 24 hours in a day so yeah Yeah. you're limited to that you can't use every single thing so it's just the average right the average would be good with minimalism you can actually do better than that because if you just only are left with things that are, are great so meaningful to you or add to your happiness then you can then your average can be higher than good and so it's i don't know it that's the way i think of it it's almost in economic terms of um you know, being very you, thoughtful again, about you're what saying, you allow in your life,
0: whole, whole thing applies to life. And to me, um, with my background in psychology and things, the the mm. the foundation of anything is based upon um, value, what value something has for yeah. you? And does it add value? Or does it take away? And when people talk about minimising stuff, psychologically, people think of scarcity as if something is being taken away. Now, I know it's been incredibly cathartic, downsizing. And when I look around, everything within my home, um, just for the con, it has meaning for me. So I've Hmm. got rid of the crud. And my lifestyle, I've got so much. I mean, I haven't got two massive lawns to mow anymore. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's just a big thing. Um, and it's really enhanced my lifestyle.
1: So I have a question then. So my understanding is that everything I'm talking about is, is pretty much like science-backed, lots of evidence-supported, lots of studies. So it's, it's not coming from nowhere. Why is it so uncommon then? Like, I, I, like I, It doesn't seem to be a thing. Right, they just talk about need to buy this thing to be happy, you know. Well, it's you, called... you you feel feel ugly until you you buy our facial facial product. <laughs> I know.
0: It's called indoctrination. Just look at um the state of the world at the moment. It's mm. following the Madding crowd. It's all about status. Um, and we are looking outside of ourselves for personal fulfillment. So, mm. and uh, we're not, t- and so we have to follow. Um, a certain path in order to be successful or to be uh, accepted within society and so it's mm. interesting that this movement like you say when you meet meet other tiny house owners or people interested in it their entire ethos is on exactly the same plane as you as well mm. so it's a transition thing it people think that they are less than if they have to let go of something that has meaning on the outside it, it is like it is a label a status kind of thing and we're not taught yes. what is um that we are individual because we are uh, we are separate entities as a part of something big that adds value for everybody sort of thing and mm. and to be this is the ethos of my entire work is to help people to be true to themselves mm. because i mean i've always been on the outside um <laughs> if you can imagine i'm the black sheep i push the boundaries wherever i can kind of it's a curious mind and that is push down you just have to toe the line you just look at what's happening at the moment it's there is a huge divide between as you said right at the beginning there is no right or wrong it has to fit with what's right for you so at the moment worldwide there's a well in new zealand there's a massive divide between choices what people have done and at the moment worldwide people are coming together to reunite because that is what it's about. It's about the love and what's important to them, and the freedom of choice and tiny home living part of that is the freedom to be yourself and to have the lifestyle that you choose.
1: mm, yeah, I just want to say um what i what I like about you is how enthusiastic you <laughs> are and how happy you are. I remember at the workshop just how excited you were, you know just every time I talk to you, you'd be like you yeah, this is amazing, like, and like, just, there's no, no holding back on your emotions, not caring what other people think, you just show your, your, your happiness and gratitude, and so I think there's something about that, of like, you know, <coughs> just be yourself, I think it's wonderful. Thank
0: you, well, I call myself, I don't know if you know, I call myself an enthusiologist.
1: <laughs> That's great, I love it.
0: I also call myself a human ecologist, because it's about the our the ecology the environment is it's we are part of it we have you to recognize mean. that we are a part of it and that's what makes us makes we have I to reconnect that's,
1: that's a wonderful way to think of the world so not as an individual in society but as a part of an environment and the environment yeah. is, is people that's that is beautiful that well is absolutely to me, i
0: work I work with energy, and so it's all quantum science. So behind it, we are, in essence, we're balls of energy, and so mm. so is everything. It has created form, and it's only our perception that actually uh, creates that form in front of us. But like mm. nature, we, our senses are so limited as to what we what we can see, hear, taste, smell, and all the rest of it. But on a on a microscopic level we are integrated as a part of it and that's what we have to come to terms with that everything that we mm. do think feel has an effect immediate effect on everything else yeah
1: i read a book a few few weeks ago um called the status game my big takeaways from the book and i recommend anyone to read it um, is that you can't win and you can't quit it's quite a uh, depressing thought but it was almost um let's say you succeed at something let's say you earn money and now you're going to earn more than your peers but then you compare yourself to someone who earns more like ne- people will never compare themselves you know like just comparison in general is bad comparing down yeah. is bad and comparing up is bad and so no matter where you are you're always comparing up um but then you couldn't you just can't even not play the game and so i i just i'm a believer in playing your own game so instead of comparing maybe like fire how much money or what you've got um, you know compare on something you're good at or or better yet just just think of yourself as a good person Absolutely. <laughs> and then like be like ah oh, well at least i'm a good person yeah you know?
0: <laughs> no, and oh. that's the title of my book is called life's a load of balls um how to play the game of life and be true to yourself and those balls <laughs> are really about the conditions imposed on us and recognizing how they serve and what value they add to us. But it's also about those balls of energy. So there's a scientific element to it. And it is, it's looking at it as a game. It is definitely a game and playing. We've all got our own strengths. We're, mm. and comparisonitis is a massive thing that actually people, people lose confidence in themselves as an individual and what, they, what value they have themselves by doing that. Mm. Now you've got a workshop happening in um, April, haven't you?
1: Yes. It's the fifteenth
0: of April. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Fifteenth. Fifteenth yeah. of April, yes. Your daughter's and coming, eh? Yeah, in being Christchurch.
0: So what can you tell people what's involved in it? It is the how to, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's very much how to and, and possibly more how to than, than the workshop you came to. There's a, a group of builders and myself and a group of students and we just we 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 start from beginning. To the end just building a house and then explaining every part of the process and um, every student getting every doing everything so like we, we care quite a bit about everyone's how to go at every little part mm. and so hopefully in the future you can you know do it again actually and there's my question for you is how did you find it like did you feel like you got to go at every part
0: well i i feel confident i think one of the big things was um Obviously, the the foundation that we've laid out was um, the uh, doing the design to work for you. And if you don't feel you can do it and it's a process um, Mm. as well, um, creating the design so it works for you. And I think the other thing was um, I could read off um, plans. So that was a biggie. Mm. Mm. Um, Being shown how to use all the tools properly, even down to a hammer you know because we yeah. had that fun game at the end of it but it was um that was slightly different but it made such a difference it's all in the wrist action um <laughs> <laughs> but rather than because you get um I mean, if you're banging a whole load of nails in you get um and really starts to ache after a while but if you do it properly it doesn't yeah. it's phenomenal and it's so much more effective and i just think um yeah, I could honestly, confidently build something myself. It would probably take me forever, so I would obviously <laughs> employ help. But I know, even down to the electrics, which scare the shit out of me, I know um, the lay. I understand the layout and how it's done and how to bring it back to the fuse box sort of thing. Um, It's not as complicated as you think, but again, it's about deciding what uh what you feel capable of doing yourself and then you can delegate it out i mean i would definitely mm. chase the wires but i wouldn't necessarily wire it up myself um that kind of thing mm. yeah yeah um yeah and and i think that's the big thing there's so much more to a house um the, um the thermal side of things and the uh the moisture and the thermal side of things the airflow with something i mean some people probably you know it's second nature to them but it was like particularly in a tiny home because it's contained and it has to come in and out yeah
1: yeah and it, it always surprises me how not common knowledge it is like even within the building industry so oh really uh, yeah so you you talk to most builders about um you know well anything so moisture management thermal modeling that they will no idea what you're talking about because that's not that's not part of the apprenticeship but even um even with architecture right so yeah um my my wife um you know it was only a couple classes on 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 those things like we're talking you know out of the whole architecture degree maybe just a, a month wow like everything related to those it's it's quite a small portion of it and so yeah it is surprising um so the some of you don't you, you probably didn't realize at the workshop, oh. is that I taught the more like most cutting edge way on how people do it. Right. So you were, you were actually learning a lot of builders and architects who have benefited a lot from the course <laughs> because it's, a lot of it was actually ahead of what we're doing in New Zealand. So New Zealand's quite far behind. On average, New Zealand's about 20 years behind Europe. Um, and Australia's wow. maybe like a little bit more yeah so we're like it's sort of just taking in you know where we're going to end up and the things we have to think about so it's yeah i i think they're massively important and i i stick by them it's what i do for my own house and and it's what i recommend to everyone and i think that
0: goes back to the same philosophy is um in the learning is to have an appreciation of all the dynamics that affect it and unless Mm. you do because like you're saying if you're in the construction industry you may just be concerned with doing the bricks the the bricks or the timber or the the steel frame mm. or whatever it is without any consideration mm. for something else. I mean, no, we can't take it all on, but i'm it takes me to the fact that by my very nature, I'm a bit of a control freak in as much as I like to know the basis of of something so I can see I'm a big picture person, yeah, so that if I needed to, I could um do x y or z or specialize in something in particular but i think it's important that we have a big picture and again this is about walking in somebody else's shoes when we make a judgment about people in life and so on and so forth and it's just like yeah for me just going back to the practicalities of it all you've got to get those foundations right because otherwise you're going to be uh sitting in your home and as you said with the um the big uh, $5 million house you had. Um, And an example you showed us on the course was, you know, there's lots of lovely houses with glass all around and they've got amazing views. But so far as the energy efficiency is concerned, not just the environmental thing and the bills and things, but it's our own efficiency and and how much of our own energy it takes
1: up. Yeah, and but even just the, the satisfaction of people living in it. Like there was a brand study asking people you know you're how satisfied you're of your house and it it would go down if the glazing became too much and so there's this like you can measurably worse you can actually say like you know the evidence suggests that you're you're going to be less satisfied in this five million dollar house than you are in your current house that's very little of it translates to what we
0: to me light is a big thing um because i came from yeah. england where it's dark and miserable eight months of the year so sunshine and light is a big thing to me so oh yeah you know I came with a vision you know I'd like a window here there and everywhere oh yeah but it's also about learning where the sun is the positions of the sun when it's going to come through when and making the best use of the of the site and to bring the best light Mm. in as well isn't it
1: yeah yeah and I'm, I'm a believer in making it light also like you remember the tiny house that was like yeah you wouldn't say it was a dark house at all would you
0: no no absolutely no no
1: yeah so like that's my point a rule of thumb if you don't know what you're doing is don't have more than 20% of your wall glass and so that that number comes from a your chance of overheating so as you go higher than that number the chance that you get too hot increases and so you can pretty much say that if you've got anywhere near that the the chances that you're not light enough is is none 20% 20% glass is quite a lot but it's just a rule of thumb that stops you from some of the greatest atrocities when it comes <laughs> to <drugs. laughs> Yeah you can come to me and say oh I've got triple glaze then I've got UV coating and then it's not right. on the west side of the east side and then you could you could argue with me and I, I could be convinced but as as a rule of thumb though I just think it's good to, to shy away from some of the greatest problems in houses.
0: Do you have any other um, generic um, tips that you can share with people?
1: Well you, you heard me say it many times throughout the workshop, but I, <laughs> I stick by it. Do you remember when I talked about project management as a, a skill yeah. of yeah. getting things and breaking them down into small, doable tasks and then yeah. just cranking through every little task one at yeah. a time? I actually think that's the most useful skill out of any of them because you can learn how to do any one of the building things, but being able to take a big task down to small parts and then do each one, just the difference that makes just doing, you know, one thing a day or two things a day or like whatever. They could be tiny things. It adds up and it makes a big difference. You know, you give me two people, one person knows how to build, but they don't know how to break things down or do a small bit every day. And the other person knows how to break things down and do one small thing. I would, I would bet on the person who can break things down. So, but uh, um, yeah, so we had that. Like I was really lucky to have Matthew talk about talk about that I mean yeah. did it did it come across in the course that that be my biggest
0: oh I don't know so it like... came across as the biggest because it was it kind of brought every because uh, it was near the end and it brought everything together but without yeah. sounding too bumptious it was obvious to me because yes yeah. <laughs> um, um it's to yeah, me yeah. That's another approach to life I mean I'm writing yeah. a book it doesn't matter yeah. what you're aiming for If you do one little thing a day, I mean, I'm not saying I I actually always do it and I'm I'm, um, preening myself at the moment because I spent the last two days working on my book that's been in the offing for 13 years. Um, Part of it is because I have to learn to walk the talk, but it's also, uh, I've done a paragraph here and I've actually finished a couple of sections and in the great scheme things, it's not a great deal. But if I keep that momentum up, I'm going to finally finish the damn thing. And so (laughs) it it is breaking it down. And then she said, for me, another great big thing is, um, if you don't know, ask, because I'm dreadful at asking people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's a good one. It is a massive skill. And again, it's, you can look at something. And and I think that's why people get overwhelmed with something. Um,
1: Mm. And
0: it's, going right back to the foundation when from starting right from the bottom. What's important to you um, how much yeah. have you, how much have you got? How much time have you got? Um, and for me, I've come away thinking, right, I want to do a recycled thingy and I love natural uh, materials, but I don't know enough about the different types of wood. So I need to look at do some research on different types of wood and obviously the weight of it and how it's affected by um water and you know it's the longevity of it and things like that so there's lots of different things but yet project management is a huge one so i interrupted your flow there so is there anything no, else no, that's
1: good well so hang on just continue where you're saying were you thinking of using timber on the outside or inside
0: timber framed
1: and, yeah, okay. and
0: inside yes yeah
1: yeah okay oh sweet oh, you'll be fine yeah. I, I I think I somewhat think you're overwhelming. Yeah, um like all the natives are pretty strong. So like they're all strong really are So well not all. I mean if you use Pango or something, it's not gonna work out well.
0: <laughs> but I think for me it's also the aesthetics of it as well, and not yeah. having too much and being able to have a contrast of something that sets it off.
1: I'm a fan of that. You do yeah. either your I would do floor and ceiling as wood or walls as wood, but not, not all four. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> that,
1: that's an aesthetic choice. If you want to do that, you can yeah. do whatever you want. It's your house. Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to random people on the internet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Do you have any other tips before we um, fire it off at the end?
1: I just, I stick by it. I, <clears throat> I said it once, but I, I said again, that doing a small thing every day makes a big mm. difference. The people who just make a small habit of doing something do a lot better you can learn a lot on
0: youtube but there's there's nothing like being a part of a team with something and for me i think yeah. i definitely want to do it but i um and part of this journey is about connecting with like i think i said to you before i came the value in the course um mm. It's not just you're paying to, to discover how to. It's about it, the network of people is in, but you can't put a price on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I would love it if there were a thing when I built my tiny house. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it would have saved me a lot of grief.
0: But then <laughs> you're, you're pioneering the way for everybody else, which is super cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you. So has there been a book or a person that um, has influenced you in your life?
1: Well, okay, I mean, the obvious, of course, is my mum. But apart from that, apart from my mum, I have a bunch of books I'm going to rattle off. So- Okay, cool. um, And
0: I'll make reference to them in the show notes. So, yep, cool. Sweet.
1: So probably the book that's made the biggest difference to me is the Productivity Project. And it just got me in a great time of my life. It's about how to be more productive, but it was sort of a a great introduction to the world of of productivity It just set me in the right mind space it was great um particularly at that time of life about thinking of of your time as productivity is focus time and energy and it's a mix of the three and so if you don't have one you know it really compromises and if you really want to be productive you should really be focusing more on the energy and focus time so you can accomplish things in less time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because really the goal of productivity is you know spend less time <laughs> doing it yeah so you've got yeah. more time for the rest of your life it's it's mm-hmm. not yeah uh, um and then my next book i'm going to recommend uh, there's another book i've listened to a dozen times is called atomic habits and oh, uh, yeah, you've probably yeah, heard yeah. of it it's a, it's a yeah, very big yeah. um a lot of people recommend it but they recommend it for good reason it's a very good book so it's yeah about habits habit formation um probably best of class it one of the best books in that genre and then. Um, when going into books about happiness the one I like the most um of all the books I've read would be how to be miserable oh
0: really I've not heard that Uh, one
1: yeah no it's um it's quite funny it it turns the whole thing on its head it's like okay instead of trying to figure out how to be happy it's how to be miserable and then do the opposite of that because it's it's sort of the answer is do the opposite of how to be miserable and the amazing thing is people do things on how to be miserable every day for free (laughs) so a lot of it's the internal monologue in your head yeah yeah and I'm a big fan of it um yeah like money and happiness that was a good book from listening
0: to you obviously do a lot of audio books
1: yes yes
0: yeah, I'm still, still, I love the idea of sitting down and having a physical oh, book. Oh, great. But I'm making a transition that. to audio, like driving up to see my daughter. Yes, I've got two hours and it's like, I listen to a book instead of listening yeah. to, to music, which takes me on to my next question. Is there a particular yeah. um, type of music that energizes you?
1: I probably listen to more um, audio books and podcasts than I listen to music. Um, yeah. So audio books and podcasts. <laughs> um I really like the Hamilton musical.
0: <laughs> the which one?
1: The Hamilton musical. Oh,
0: okay, not heard I've of that. I've listened to
1: that many, many times. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uplifting, happy stuff. Yeah, often stuff without words in it. If you're actually working, um, yeah. I find words quite distracting if I'm trying to trying to work.
0: Yeah, I find so. it quite hard when I'm writing my book because um, if it's got words, I end up my. Uh, I start singing along with it and I can't focus on the work. So it needs yeah, to be right. um, not even a tune of something that has lyrics. It needs to yeah. be sort of um, background same. stuff like rain or, or something. Yeah, absolutely happens, the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no,
1: that's it. But
0: I do like silence as well.
1: That's
0: great. So do you have a favourite inspirational quote at all?
1: Uh, um, yes, yes, I do, definitely everyone is my better in one way or another and then that I learn often so, wow. so the who, idea is that who... no idea I learned it at quite a young age um wow I was like, like 13 or so uh, I could look it up but I I'm, I'm probably brutally like you know miss you
0: bastardized looking. it but I mean the. Essence I probably of bastardized it. It, yeah.
1: <laughs> but it but yeah I mean what it says to me is that um everyone absolutely everyone is better than you in some way and so like you know not uh
0: but no. it doesn't make you less than yourself.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. No, but it's, it's this thing of like, you, you have an opportunity to learn off everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, like everyone, absolutely everyone. And mm. you just go around being like fascinated and interested in people and, and figuring out what you can learn from, from them.
0: Absolutely. Which leads on to my next question. Final question is, if, is there one thing that you would like to change in the world? And if so, what would it be and why?
1: That's a hard one because there's so many things Mm -hmm. so many things and i would want to like you know if you gave me my like genie lamp and i could wish i would spend years researching the the topic to try figure out what i would you know would be the best possible okay you have
0: to imagine you don't have that's the thing don't think too hard about how to or what would be the most effective again this goes right back to the beginning it's your core values what's the one thing that you would like to change that you think would have an exponential effect
1: oh what that i could do yeah okay well then i have a hope of changing so i normally i build uh, i either build um strawberry houses so they're like super energy efficient super environmentally friendly healthy houses or i build tiny houses you can make a really energy efficient house like i can only build so many houses in in my lifetime for each strawberry house i build or tiny house i build it's one Less of something that that would be negative, right? So, yeah. Um, but but what would really make the bigger difference is if pe- more people were more thoughtful about what made them happy and actually making that. And so I I just think there's an awful lot of waste, like um, and uh, to do with you know life, you know. <laughs> And so the only part, you asked me what I could affect, right? So the only part I'll probably be able to have an effect in my lifetime is maybe buildings. But But I don't be so
0: realistic. You don't have to be realistic. You know, I'm I'm your fairy godmother and you
1: have the (laughs)
0: ability to do anything you want. What would it be?
1: I think there would be a huge benefit for all humanity if more people were thoughtful about what is it they want and what is it that they do to get there and not just take for granted what other people do or what they do and just come up with a, you know, right? And, and this happens. applies to houses and applies to to lifestyle, to jobs, to everything. Um, I just think this, there's too much defaulting to what you already do. And I just think you can be a lot more thoughtful about your path through life.
0: Which, I mean, it's always interesting, this question, because um, I would say 99.9% of um, cases, it always goes back to the... The core or your core values and why you do what you do sort of thing, so it, is that it, for everyone
1: else you've talked to?
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely yeah. It's, it's always the way, and it's sometimes just having a conversation about it. it helps people bring up what is important to them, and that was right at the front of our interview. that's the thing that struck me about you about the workshop and everything, and ultimately, it is what you represent in the world and Um, the thing I've had to try and grapple with is the fact that I can't single-handedly change the world but like you're talking (laughs) about with the project managing one thing at a time and so in essence part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is to introduce different people who are doing different things they're all coming from their own angle but that effect we're having an exponential effect on the way that people think and Um, making the most of human potential and, you know, our natural resources within the environment. And when you were talking about success and the ego and the productivity and things like that, we need to get off that treadmill and just be content in in ourselves and make that difference. And know that it has an exponential effect. So you have had an amazing effect on me as have the entire crew, because they were so delicious and so the food was just outstanding i came i think i'd starve myself for a week because i was living off the reserves (laughs) i just want to wish you all the luck why don't you don't need any luck um it's everybody who joins up um in Christchurch in april having the most amazing amount of fun and when you i'd love to join you doing this are you going to do the strawberry one next year
1: yes i'll be doing a strawberry workshop in january next year i'll
0: be there with knobs on (laughs)
1: <laughs> wonderful looking forward to seeing you then.
0: awesome thank you so much for your time everett you take right, care thank
1: you so much right. Bye, then.
0: Bye. next week i'll be talking to natalie cutler welsh known as the go-to girl who has channeled her knowledge and experience into providing a service that helps people discover and confidentially use their superpowers to create changes for the greater good so until then dig deep Open your mind to a world of possibilities, live life with a generous heart and take steps to minimise waste and maximise your own potential.